November 11th is Veterans Day, a day to honor those men and women who served in the United States Armed Forces. But our veterans are also serving time in our jails and prisons, and Oregon has among the highest rate of incarcerated veterans in the nation. Join Prison Pipeline on November 7th as we discuss why so many of our men and women in uniform end up in the criminal justice system. That's Prison Pipeline, November 7th at 6.30 p.m. Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the Liberian Gospel Music Awards on Saturday, November 5th at 2 p.m. at PCC Cascade Auditorium in Portland. The Liberian Gospel Music Awards ceremony is dedicated to fostering an appreciation for the historical development of Liberia Gospel Music artists. Again, that's the Liberian Gospel Music Awards Saturday, November 5th at 2 p.m. at PCC Cascade Auditorium. 705 North Killingsworth in Portland. More information about the performers and schedules can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under community events. And this is KBOO Portland. It's 9.01 a.m. Coming up on Waterworld, we'll hear about water and politics in Pakistan from Fahim Zakar Khan the former mayor of Karachi. At 10, Chris Andre hosts Air Cascadia Headlines News and Commentary, followed at 10.15 with Flashpoints with host Dennis Bernstein. At 11, it's Radio Geekly, interviews with Black Nerd Problems, Feminist Frequency, and Lone Shark Games. Plus, learn all about the charity Pretty Awesome Gamers and more. And thank you, KBOO members, for your generous support. For those of you who are not yet members of the KBOO Foundation, you may remedy that oversight at kboo.fm. Click on the word donate. Keep it locked right here for the best in everything on radio. This is uh, another edition of Waterworld. Um, my name is Kristen Yount, and um, my guest today is Vahim Sekar Khan, and he is um, going to be on the line here momentarily, but I wanted to um, just update people about uh, the EPA announcement. Um, it was made, well, first of all, I'll just say that I am looking at the Willamette River Insider, and that is a newsletter from the Portland Harbor community advisory group. 
Um, the community advisory group of the Portland Harbor is a volunteer group that um, is sort of the go-between between the Environmental Protection Agency and the community. So um, specifically working on the project of um, the Superfund at the Portland Harbor that is uh, 20 years in the making, um, this project, and uh, the the record of decision um, will be coming out soon. Um, uh, anyway, so um, I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read this um, announcement from the Portland Harbor Community Advisory Group. Um, so, the 90-day EPA public comment period on the proposed cleanup plan for the Portland Harbor Superfund site closed on September 6, 2016. Um, there was approximately 5,300 commenters. submitted. Com they submitted their comments through email, hard copies, web submissions, and oral testimonies at four EPA public meetings. The EPA will select a final cleanup after reviewing and reconsidering the comments. A summary of responses to these comments will be published with the final cleanup plan. This is also called the record of decision, and that is scheduled to come out at the end of the year. Um, so there's that. And then um, the Portland Harbor Community Advisory Group's schedule um, is as follows. And they are looking for people to be members of the CAG and to serve on the board. So if you have any interest at all in the Superfund cleanup um, or just learning about the Superfund process, this is a great way to do it. Um, and they need people. So um, the schedule is November 5th. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, in November, every Saturday from 10 to 12, the Willamette Speaks writing workshop in November at Pigeon Studio, which is at 7325 North Alta. Participants will visit various sites to write, reflect, and share about the Willamette. November 8th from 6 to 8 p.m., the PHC, the PHCAG, the Portland Harbor CAG general meeting, is at uh, 6543 North Burlington. Um, that is at the water testing lab down um, by the bridge in St. John's. Um, the other meetings are November 22nd, December 14th, December 28th, and on December 31st, the EPA's goal for the completed record of decision describing the final remedy for the cleanup. Uh, again, the PHCAG, the Portland Harbor CAG, is seeking new members. For more, email portlandharborcag at gmail.com. And I'm not too sure. Um, is uh, Fahim on the line? Oh. Oh, here. Yeah, do that. <laughs>
And uh, I do believe that Fahim is on the on the phone now. Yes. Hello. Are you there? Yes, I'm very much here. Uh, Christine, this is Fahim. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for um, for joining us today. Sorry about the delay in getting it, getting you on the phone. Um, thank you very much for having me on your program. Good morning to you and your listeners. So, um, do you have you been able to listen to Kevu at all? Yes, I did. Wow! Um, because you introduced me to the to the station, so I've been you know trying to sort of catch up and understand what are you, um, what is the station all about and what kind of programming does it have. Well, that's a a pretty a pretty impressive endorsement. Um, even though you didn't say if you liked it or not. <laughs> oh, I loved it! I loved it. Believe me. <laughs> awesome! That's so great. Well, um, I have you billed as the former mayor of Karachi, but uh, I know you're a journalist and you have other projects as well. And I would like it if you could just um, summarize that for our listeners, please. Uh, right. Uh, Christine, uh, I'm, uh, I've been twice been the mayor of Karachi. This is the largest city of Pakistan. Um the estimated population today is about 22 million. Um, it's spread around, it's spread over an area of 3,700 square kilometers. About 1,100 kilometers of 3,700 square kilometers is what we call the urban area, or the municipal uh, area of Karachi. And uh, so, as a journalist who has covered water issues across Pakistan, and as an elected official, do you have an overarching theory about what is working and what is not working regarding water policy? Um, Christine, I'm not a journalist in classic sense of the word. I'm I have because I have been involved in the. Uh, socio-political life of Karachi city and Pakistan in general, I've been wanting to put issues of public importance on public record. And that is why I have opted to join Don Media Group, which is one of the leading um, media groups in Pakistan, English me- uh, language media. It's, it has newspaper, Don.com, uh, online and television and FM89 radio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, so I'm not a newsy journalist, as per se. I'm somebody who tries to put um, issues and matters of public importance on public record. Yeah, I can I can understand the difference for sure. Um, I think that uh, you're. Maybe it's comparable to here at KBU, we have news writers and we also have people who um, do public affairs programming and it's a little different than the news. Um, So, um, yeah, I understand. 
so, um, but I did get a chance to um, look at some of your work, and um, it's really amazing. And um, for the listeners at home, it's www.dawn.com. And uh, you can, um, what is the, I, I didn't write down the title of um, the really big one that I looked at. Can you tell us? Uh, I missed it. I didn't understand that. Oh, um, Don.com. Yeah, and then how to find um, your projects. Uh, uh, you know, uh, basically, uh, Don is responsible for uh, real hardcore reporting about the affairs uh, afflicting not only. Pakistan, but the whole of region, and uh, the region's um, uh, connection and relationship with the rest of the world, especially United States, China, and uh, um, you know, and Europe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don is um, sort of um, the go-to, reliable, unbiased source in Pakistan. As far as I'm aware, for your listeners, uh, not too many people in various power centers in this country, in Pakistan, really love Dawn. You know, as we say um, in our language, we are equal opportunity offenders when it comes to news out of Pakistan. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, something in our mission statement here at KBU says, um, give voice to unpopular, unpopular uh, ideas. <laughs> so I understand. No, they're, they're very much popular. In, in case of Dawn, our ideas are very much popular. It's just the vested interest and in the layers of vested interest, which find us um, not really all that palatable. Right, right. It's different. So, um, so, so going to water policy, um, I know we chatted a little bit um, when I was there about um, the water situation in Karachi. And um, I don't know what you want to talk about. Um, if you want to talk about specifically I, the water, Kristen, I, I would. I would, yeah, uh, Kristen. I would first of all, I would like to introduce my city to your listeners. Okay. Um, as I said, it, it's the largest city in Pakistan, and probably sixth or eighth largest metropolis in the world. Uh, it's an arid city. We're a coastal city. Um, we. Uh, Karachi is housed to the banking, um, industry, commerce, um, uh, uh, insurance, um, and shipping um, capital of Pakistan. Uh, so there's a lot of people who are working in these sectors and services, as well as manufacturing. And um, But Karachi being an arid city, um, you know, it has its problem of water supply, unlike any other in Pakistan. Uh, Karachi is not sitting on the source of its water, like 
most of the cities in the world were um, historically developed uh, at the, the source, like um, the Thames, or, you know, you take any major city, um, it's sitting on source of water. Uh, Karachi and maybe um, Los Angeles are two cities in the world where water is transported uh, hundreds of kilometers, uh, like in case of LA from Houdam, in case of Karachi from Indus. And, uh, you know, it's uh, so a uh, lot of water is wasted in process of transportation. Um, uh, unfortunately, Karachi also has a very inefficient system when it comes to uh, transportation and distribution. Uh, we get about 650 million gallons water every day, while our need is assessed around 1.2 billion gallons. Um, almost one-third of our water is lost in the system due to leakages or theft. And this is something that uh, and listeners in the United States may not uh, be able to fathom easily. But these aging, uh, cracking and creaking uh, pipelines, concrete and steel pipeline, lose a lot of water. Ultimately, that results um, severe shortage for the residents. The problem with residences, the, the the employment, the the business opportunity, the commercial opportunities, um, because of so many reasons, are in Karachi. So they can't desert the city. Okay, uh, but. Uh, uh, um, I mean, they, like in any other halfway intelligent city, people would just, there's no water, you just leave. But in case of Karachi and Pakistan, people can't just leave. So because of their um, socioeconomic needs, they're trapped in the city. And the best we can do is try and fulfill their needs. Yeah. So... Um... So the Indus is hundreds of kilometers away from Karachi and the infrastructure doesn't hold water. <laughs> it's um, perforated in places. No. Yeah, Christian, that is something else. Karachi is a city which was around 500,000 people who used to live in Karachi back in 1947 at the time of inception of Pakistan. In 1981, according to 1981 census, the, the number of people rose from um, 500,000 to 5.3 million. By 1998, the number had almost was touching 10 million. In 2011, the number had crossed 20 million. So, I mean, yes, there are a lot of cities which has sort of increased in population, but in like Mumbai, like Delhi, like New York, but no other city, I would say, in the world has really exploded when it comes to population. And it's not indigenous population growth rate. It's people from all over the country uh, sort of looking for work, coming down to Karachi, as well as from Bangladesh, from Sri Lanka, from Iran, you know, you name it. People looking for work. And uh, Karachi is considered to be one of the uh, uh, most poor-friendly cities in, in this region. So uh, the, the, the population has exploded and the city has not been able to keep up with the, um, uh, uh, with this 
population explosion. And, and, and because of that, it, uh, you will see, you will find a lot of uh, stopgap arrangements, ad hoc arrangements, you just like fighting fire. Okay. So, so, I mean, it may not be very fair to just blame the city or the municipal authorities. Um, it's just beyond their capacity to address the problem. It's completely out of control. Yeah, that's true. So did you did you say poor, friendly, like the city has a pop? Yeah. You know, it is still the, the most friendly city in this region when it comes to poor. A, 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 an, an average person can, can have a fill on, I would say, 15 cents, equivalent of 15 cents uh, for a meal. Wow. I mean, that, that kind of uh, uh, capacity, even the cities of Pakistan, like Lahore or Islamabad, et cetera, et cetera, nobody can really survive on that kind of uh, sustenance. And that is what, uh, you know, I mean, living... I mean, food, um, basic uh, health or medical facilities. And, you know, it's... And that is why the city continues to attract more people. I think that this is important for our listeners, you know, not to not to be um, alarming anyone, but our, our city here in Portland is growing rapidly. And um, I don't know what the projections are. And even if I did, I don't think I would say it because I don't want anyone to freak out. But um, I think that the takeaway from this is that um, people in Portland should look very carefully at the or anywhere should look very carefully at water policy and where the water comes from and what's being done to keep it clean because our city is growing very rapidly and um, our water our water bills have gone up um, like 60% over the past not very long time. And um, the the city um, uses the water system as a way to put a regressive tax on renters and uh, homeowners and people of low income. And, uh, you know, supposedly charging us for infrastructure improvements. But um, that is... Um, uh, not there's there's evidence to point um, that that's not that's not true that the the money that um, people are being charged and it is a tax um, on their water bill isn't going where where you know it's unclear where that water where that money is going and if the changes that have been made in our infrastructure are worth it because um, we used to have a gravity fed system here in Portland um, with these beautiful like Olmsted era reservoirs and um, just, you know, a really easy system um, for our drinking water. And the, the present mayor um, went ahead with a plan to put in pump, sta- pump stations and um, close our reservoirs um, using a federal mandate as an excuse to do so and, sp- and spending so much taxpayer money on 
these pump stations that leak profusely and um, among other things. And uh, he's actually part of the company, uh, very closely associated with the company that was given the contract to build these pump stations. So there's quite a lot of um, uh, that. I don't know how to, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to spell it out for anybody, but these are, these are concerns for me um, because uh, you have a really simple system that um, doesn't take a lot to maintain and they just made it so much more complicated and, um, you know, tore up a lot of trees and, you know, closed our beautiful reservoirs and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I haven't been convinced that there's a reason for it. And, um, and that just, you told me a story about the water system that was originally in Karachi. And I was wondering if maybe you'd share that with our listeners. Yes, uh, Christine, I would love to. Uh, you know, I'm really amazed because to me, the the um, the problems of Portman and problems of Karachi don't seem to be much different. We may be a third world underdeveloped or developing Afro Asian city, and Port Portland be a first world American city. But uh, I think the greed and uh, uh, invested interests plays in very similar way in uh, Karachi as does in Portland. Uh, the one of the original planners of Karachi, uh, Mr. Ali Ahmed, he was an urban planner trained at Cornell. He proposed, in fact, he envisaged the plans are available in our archives, the water to be pumped to one of the the, the, the hills, which is, which is known as Kidney Hill. It's about 63, 65 acres of hilltop. So his plan was to pump the, the, this water to Kidney Hill and from there feed um, uh, all the parts of the city um, through gravity. You know, there is no mechanical pumping involved. There's no chance of pump failures, electricity, uh, you know, um, getting bogged down or getting disrupted due to any natural or man-made phenomena, etc., etc. But if he, he, but that really never happened. And uh, the kidney hill, the kidney hill was sort of um, converted into plots by speculators. Uh, there, there is still no construction on Kidney Hill, but Karachi Water and Sewage Board was never allowed to develop these uh, these reservoirs or Kidney Hill. And today, uh, water is pumped from higher gradients to lower gradients, and then again to higher gradients, mm. then to lower gradients. You know, it's it's because the city um, is spread or uh, the, the population in it is as encroached in an unplanned manner. So, you know, it really serves people who sell their pipes, who sell their um, uh, their pumps, uh, who buy these things, and the commissions, and people who are married to um, uh, people in the higher-ups of water companies, like, if you allow me, I can name them, 
you know. <laughs> um, in, in fact, um, there's a famous uh, a case of Sin High Court, which is uh, SIUT or Sin Institute of Urology and Transplantation versus um, Nestle Pure Milk. It's a it's it's two three one seven CMA two three one seven of two thousand and four, and if you just Google SIUT versus uh, Nestle, and you'll find, and uh, you know it was such a fabulous decision that was given by in uh, uh, Sun High Court, which declared that natural resources belong to everyone, not merely a commercial company trying to, you know, pump out water, bottle it, and, uh, you know, sell it. And, you know, the decision says groundwater is a national wealth and it belongs to entire society. It is an actor sustaining life on Earth. Without water, the Earth would be a desert. At present, there is no law governing control or use of groundwater submits the Learned Senior Council. So, so, I mean, you know, then there is the Kerala Groundwater Control and Regulation Act 2002. Uh, Kerala is a, a state in uh, India. So, you know, if you just go to um, um, these uh, cases, you, you, you'll find, and, you know, there's very able uh, judges and lawyers, you know. So, um, um, I mean... I mean, you know, commercial interest somehow seems to defeat the common people, uh, poor people, people who cannot really defend their rights everywhere in the world. Maybe Karachi, maybe Portland, maybe, you know, Moscow, I guess. But, uh, I mean, you know, this is just an example. And uh, I don't know about your company. The station's policy, so I don't want to name too many culprits. But this is this is a case which is on record, and the the judgment is on on record, and you can you know anybody can look it up. So, um, just to clarify, uh, the Sindh the Sindh High Court is a pro- a province. It's a court of a province in Pakistan, and in two thousand and four, there was a judgment against Nestle because Nestle wants to bottle. All the water, <laughs> and um, Pakistani judges said, you know, no, this water belongs to the people, and um, kind of going with uh, the opinion that is being mirrored and carried out through um, courts throughout the world that water is a human right, except for when it's not considered a human right, like here in the U.S. in Detroit, where um, the a lot of people are losing their right to just to having water, um, you know, when, um, yeah. and it, so, I mean, in, in some, in, I wonder in, uh, cities other than Karachi are, is, are people, tr- uh, taxed or charged for their water? Are there water meters on people's homes? Okay. Uh, first of all, going back to the case, this was, Nestle was putting up this, um, bottling, plant in, um, um, in what is known as Education City, okay, where, around which a lot of, uh, 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 I mean, villages who really do not have, you know, um, 
uh, water running through taps, and they're dependent on for their agriculture as well as drinking purposes for underground water. Okay. So if Nestle was to uh, pump out uh, something like um, uh, uh, 228,000 or God knows how many bottles of water uh, from here and use this. So it would deprive the whole area, okay, um, of people of that area, the educational institutions, okay, of, um, uh, of water, okay. And that is, the judgment is against that. So, and if it is, it's interesting reading, okay, and I would advise your, rather request your listeners to just Google it and you'll get to it. Um, by the way, in Karachi, um, most of the water to the homes, uh, it's, uh, it's not metered as yet, and they're, they're sort of opting for the metering system, but they're charged annual uh, um, tax, uh, water tax, based on value of property and the size, rather size of the property. Oh. The smaller, like, yeah. So uh, the smaller plots, the people living in, on, in smaller homes pay much less than the ones in living in the, in, the, in the larger properties, say, of 1,000 square yards or 2,000 square yards. Uh, people living in, on 80 or 120 square yard uh, um, uh, plots of land have to pay. Unfortunately, the problem is that the difference between the water rate for 120 square yard and 1,000 square yard is, uh, is not what the income levels for the two set of people is, meaning people in living in 120 square yard or 80 square yard houses, uh, their monthly or annual income may be a fraction of what these... Uh, um, people living in a thousand or two thousand uh, um, square yard properties. Uh, I mean, there, there's no comparison, but the water rate may be uh, two or three or four or five times. So it's not really a fair um, uh, cost. And then people living in these smaller houses, they, 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 their water consumption is way lower but uh, people living in these larger, uh, uh, these palatial um, uh, residences, they water their... So, yeah. Um, woo! All kinds of stuff going on at the radio station this morning. All right. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, the water... Yeah, I don't know. I was just asking about water meters because, to me, it's the first step in really... You know, um, creating a billing system that may or may not be accurate um, or fair. Um, I know, uh, noticed in. Kristen, mm -hmm. you, as you said, what is a basic human right? Okay. So it's not really a commodity. Right. You know, we pay all kinds of taxes property tax, road tax, this tax, that tax. If they have the way, they will even put a tax on 
us breathing air in the city. You know, so, you know, it's to protect <laughs> or commercialize water, okay, which is, you know, which is my birthright, okay? And, um, I mean, I, I pay all kind of taxes. What does the city give me in return? Literally charges me for everything and over and above what I don't even use. So, uh, water should be a, a universally, water should be a right, that, which is like a birthright to people. So it's not a commodity. It, it's not like going to a, ch- ch- a Chinese restaurant and buying a, a, a cup of noodle soup or something. You, know, you can't survive without air or water. So, it, it, you know, it's a very different, there, there has to be a very different approach towards charging for water than just, you know, um, I guess we don't live in a perfect world, but, uh, yeah. Well, it seems like, um, yeah, it, well, where there are water supplies, I think that it's part of the national national obligation to make sure that the water is uh the waterways are maintained and used properly to furnish people with water that is their basic right um and you know making I agree <laughs> well yeah <laughs> uh yeah so um What else uh, can we talk about? So I was reading about, do you have anything else to add about the water uh, system in Karachi? It needs a lot of improvement and, and needs to be fair. And we're really far, far away from it. Okay. Um, so Fahim... Um, I was curious about um, maybe other other cities in the region, large cities. I mean, obviously they have their a closer water supply, but uh, is infrastructure being affected or disaffected as much as um, infrastructure in Pakistan? Uh, I. I... I personally believe that the problems of water supply in Mumbai or Delhi or Calcutta are not much different from problems of water supply in Karachi or Lahore in Pakistan. Um, uh, there, there, you know, there is a, a constant, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the system needs to be upgraded, maintained, you know, and, uh, um, but uh, uh, we being we we living in these third world Afro-Asian cities, we're always short of money. We have a huge population which is built, which lives below poverty line. So these problems are pretty much the same. Uh, it, it, I mean, I mean, in terms of infrastructure, uh, Lahore may not have similar shortage of water. Mumbai may not have similar shortage of water, or Delhi may not have similar. But the, the infrastructural problems are pretty much the same. 
It's just not as contamination. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's it's not as dire because the water supply is a little bit closer and a little bit better, right? Yeah. So um, we had a caller um, call in and ask about um, other cities that have metered water, and um, wanted to a comparison. And I don't know if uh, if there if there are water meters on people's homes. It sounds like. In Pakistan, it's um, it's a it's a tax based on how large your home is, um, whereas in in yeah. Portland, it's everybody pays the same um, unit price, and uh, you know they say that our water's meter metered and that you know you're you're paying for what you use, but um, I I don't know I don't. I don't know. I don't, I've never seen the water meters. I There's guess, been a lot of controversy. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, the capacity of people in Portland to pay water is probably the same for everyone. In Karachi, it's not. Oh no. So people cannot pay. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know, I it's not. It's a little. It's not as dire in Portland, and you're absolutely right. In in Detroit, um, the the situation is that um, people were um, in arrears with their water bill. Um, in some cases, maybe they couldn't pay their bill because of economics or for whatever reason, and um, they were behind, and it was sort of city policy to let people slide on their bills, um, you know, because water is a human right. They're not going to shut off the water because of somebody's inability to pay, but when you have money, you pay your bill and you pay on it, Right. So um, at some point, the city of Detroit wanted to make their water supply look like a good investment to people who wanted to come in and purchase it. So they decided to make everybody pay their bill all at once right now. And people couldn't do it. And so they had these massive water shutoffs where like in a couple weeks, thousands of people lost their water supply and they couldn't flush their toilets and they couldn't take a bath and they couldn't drink any water and they couldn't. Then right behind that comes DHS and their, you know, their kids go get taken away and things like that. And, um, you know, it, it was it was agreed. It was a, a way to, you know, er, bring money into a city by selling off a water supply and to make the company look good. Um, look, all this money's coming in. Look, 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 everybody has to pay. And the people that couldn't, couldn't. So, it, I mean, it's not, Yeah. yeah. I mean, people in Portland I can know, pay until it, they can't. Kristen, the, Kristen, the difference is when I, I was invited to Paris by World Bank because they were working on a project to privatize Karachi's water and service board. And as the mayor of Karachi, I was also the chairman of Karachi Watson Severance Board. And, uh, you know, and after three days of deliberations, I informed them that uh, it was our unanimous view of, of all the members of Karachi Watson Severance Board that privatizing um, the Karachi Water and Severance uh, is not in the interest of people of Karachi. So it's still a public utility. We refuse to privatize it, you know. So and uh, the the World Bank officials from Washington and Paris were really shocked to hear because they they thought 
that deals I'm in Karachi, the, the authorities in Karachi uh, will appreciate that by bringing in private um, investments will improve the quality and infrastructure of Karachi's water. But um, our point of view was that, yes, it will improve, but it will only improve for the rich people, and poor will not be able to pay. It's exactly the same case. I mean, as you just told me, that people in poor in Portland were getting their water supply switched off, and rather cut off, and they couldn't even flush their tank. So, and we, you know, as the, 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 as the, the guardians of Karachi uh, City, we said, no way, we will not let, you know, we will share the burden, uh, burden of leakages, of, you know, uh, uh, not the best supply, but it will be the same for the whole city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so every, yeah, I like that. We'll share the burden. And, so I, almost, you know, I almost lost my job under pressure and rep of uh, World Bank, uh, Bank Paraba, uh, who was the consultants, uh, and our French host. And they, they couldn't believe that somebody could dare, you know, resist their advice, but we didn't. And that was like maybe 15, 16 years ago. And Karachi has still not agreed to, you know, um, privatize its uh, water supply. They, is, it, is the door always open? It seems like, you know, the World Bank... Sometimes, you know, I, I was reading about dams and things like that, and sometimes they're in and they'll invest, and other times they're out and they won't. But uh, it seems to shift a lot um, what the World Bank wants to support and what it doesn't want to support. Do you think that they're still vulturing there, like <laughs> wondering if they can get their hands on Karachi's water supply? Um, not just Karachi's water supply. A World Bank and Asian Development Bank, uh, and you know, um, I mean, they 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 they, they do uh, make funds, resources, finances available for infrastructure projects, but at times the priorities could be misplaced because at the end of the day, the bureaucracy in the bank may not be from the social sector; they may be, uh, you know. The, people um, very well qualified from one, the top universities of the world in finance and banking and infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. But they miss, like one of the covenants um, in the World Bank document that um, the, the, the mayor before me signed with World Bank in 1992 was that Karachi will privatize the water hydrants now, water hydrants are are the, these uh, uh, these hydrants where um, Karachi, being Karachi, has to supply the shanty towns, etc., through bowed uh, water. They may be they, they may not be connected to the to the uh, to the grid or to the uh, to the water supply system. Now, you know, water is not a commodity. You don't buy or sell water. Water is a basic need, and water is a basic human right. So the city pays these private companies or bowsers or you know its own bowsers to deliver or supply waters to 
to area where there is no uh, water supply uh, through pipes and uh, channels, etc. Now, if if we privatize these hydrants, which basically is an amenity, I mean, it's an outrageous mm-hmm. demand that the city, you know, and and World Bank made the 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 the, the mayor before me signed that uh, document. So the name was Kafaruk Sattar. You know, he signed it, and I confronted him. I said, "Do you even understand what does the water hydrants mean for poor in Karachi?" And he said, "But that was one of the covenants that World Bank demanded to fund the K2 water supply scheme, which was like a couple of hundred million dollars." I said, "Yeah, but did you even try to explain to them that this is not, you know, a, a private shop? These are water hydrants for the." But that supply water in the city pays for that supply. You know, the, 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 the shanty towns, or as we call them, Kachyabadis, people living there, they don't buy, they don't pay for that. This is, you know, it's the rest of the city paying for this facility. So how can you privatize it? So I refuse to privatize it. And, you know, there are ways of going around it, I guess. Right. <laughs> I think that, you know, we're not here in Portland. No one has to um, go around the infrastructure to, you know, get water in any sort of um, alternative way. But, um, Christine, but the banks are banks. Maybe mm-hmm. for Portland, maybe they be in Karachi. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah, right. So if they can't sell the milk, they'll sell the cow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, whenever I was there, there was a, a news item about um, a crackdown on illegal hydrants. And uh, I yeah. was curious about that. Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, there are illegal hydrants. Look, if there is demand, there will be, um, and, and, you know, as I said, you know, I mean, somebody in Portland will have difficulty trying to understand the socioeconomic dynamics of Karachi because the city is completely different. It's organized in a different manner. So there will always be some illegal or, you know, theft and uh, there's a crackdown. I mean, in fact, they crackdown. They they shut down something like 37 or 38 uh, illegal water hydrants. I mean, these these were um, you know caps uh, from the main lines. Uh, water being was being stolen from there, and and, and there is a struggle. And this like something like that doesn't exist in Lahore or Islamabad. I mean, Pakistani cities, but because they have ample supply of water, the problem is not there, you know. So, but in in case of Karachi, the problem is there, and it's it's an ongoing battle. We 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 keep on trying and fighting with the uh, with the criminal gangs who, uh, you know, uh, convert or treat uh, a basic human right like water uh, into commodity. Well, I think you know you can't you can't. Um, plug an illegal hydrant without 
without, you know, finding an alternative for people who rely on the supply that is coming from the theft of water, right? Yeah. Yes, that's true. We have a, um, in Karachi, there's not a lot of homeless, you know, houseless people. Everybody has a place to sleep. Um, there's not a lot of people sleeping on the streets that I saw. But here in Portland, we have a lot of people sleeping on our streets. And um, they will come and get um, told to move, uh, move along. And the city made a promise that they wouldn't be asking people to move along any longer until they had a, a shelter for them or a place to go. And the city has completely neglected to, um, to make good on that. And uh, the rainy season's coming, and so there'll be a lot of people, not on the same scale as Karachi, but there'll be a lot of people going without and being out in the weather, and they'll die because they're out there and they have nowhere to go. And um, it's a, a very troubling situation here. You know, for a, a town, you know, for a city as small as Portland, you know, the disparity um, between the haves and the haves not is, is stark, just like anywhere else, you know, um, there are people that are going without and it's, it's, you know, it's sad to see. And I think that the whole idea is that, you know, we're so, you know, it's 2016, we're technologically advanced. There's no reason why people should be going without shelter and water. And I think that that's the point that we're trying to make, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, uh, you see, as long as there is, uh, there are haves and have nots, um, and, you know, it's not just an accident of history that uh, some are have and some are have not. It's greed and it's uh, exploitation, which causes the, or sort of, uh, I mean, Look, everybody in my city works at least eight to ten hours a day. You know, I, I mean, people do not have luxury of not working and enjoying three meals a day, okay? Um, it, but uh, some who, who were born in certain manner, they, they tend to get best of education, best of facilities, best of opportunities, and, you know, they, they consider themselves not the privileged, but they consider themselves the ones who were born with the right. And the ones who are not privileged, uh, they are considered, even though they may, might work more than 8, 10, or 12 hours a day, is still lazy bums. So uh, because the same level of opportunities are not there. Maybe Karachi, maybe Portland, or any other city in the world, Christine, uh, you will see this disparity. And remember, some of these home people, homeless people, are homeless today because they suffer due to the injustice and the stresses uh, induced by the society. So we need a rather sympathetic approach towards them rather than just condemning them or, you know, putting them or rather condemning them into a silence. Uh, maybe one of these days, we as human race, human beings, um, 
we will provide all all of our blood and kin a uh, same opportunity or at least justifiable opportunity to you know not go hungry or without a roof yeah yeah i think that's a a legitimate goal and i really believe that it's accessible <laughs> i hope i'm not alone in that um but you know i'm no you're not not no 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 you no, Christine, uh, you're not alone at all and it's people like you they're you know they're like thousands and millions of people all over the world who feel that way it's just a small uh, a small number of people who in in a way <laughs> i mean uh they keep on defeating us for at least for now yeah 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 it's um it's the uh the power of the few uh, yeah well um our our time has come to a close um just to i should have broken in and said that this is kebu and you're listening to water world and my name's kristen yount and i was a, uh recently in pakistan with the uh, international center for journalism uh P- professional exchange and i met fahim Zaman Khan there and at Don at the Don building and I was it was such a pleasure to meet you and I'm so glad you could join us today. Thank you so much. It pleasure was all mine Christian and maybe you will get an opportunity to talk to each other some some other day. Absolutely. I'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Bye. much Kebu listeners. That's all for today. <laughs>